Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, they wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We will tell you that guests on the show receive guest certificates to Japanese Village. Open for takeout orders. Full details at jvedmonton.ca. Momentarily. We will uh, go to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for over 35 years. Uh, a number of years ago, way back, uh, I guess maybe when I only had one chin, I used to uh, broadcast the Alberta Golden Bears circa 1989 to 92, and they had a big, strong winger from Fairview, Alberta, draft choice of the Quebec Nordiques by the name of Dan Weeb. I think he's still... But he might have gone back up into that region, might have been doing some coaching at the senior level or possibly in the developmental level. Uh, but he was a big, talented player. I'm not sure the next Weeb we're going to talk to is uh, quite the player, but uh, Ken Weeb has been a mainstay in uh, Winnipeg media for a number of years, and he is our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome uh, two Oilers Now, Ken Weeb. Ken, how you doing? Bob, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Uh, yes, my CIS career at the University of Regina was not quite as uh, decorated as the player you mentioned previously, but uh, happy to have worn the jersey for a couple of years, and uh, we got our asses kicked at the Butter Dome a few times. Uh, so what uh, what sport were you? Were you uh, basketball, volleyball? What were you playing? Uh, what sport were you playing? No, no, feisty, uh, feisty undersized winger. There you go. So uh, I know that Regina, at those times, Bill Leskwich was their head coach. And uh, through sort of the late 80s and the early 1990s, am I predating you, post-dating you? When when were you playing at the U of R? Yeah, uh, 96 to 98 were my my two years there. I had Billy for one year, and then he uh, he had the one year off. Kevin Dickey was our interim coach when Bill was uh, with the Kokodoo Bunnies for the one season in Japan. Right, which is where Dr. Randy Gregg played. Billy Morris coached there as well. I think the guy that owned the Kokodoo Bunnies, uh, Ken, was one of the richest men in the world, if I'm not mistaken. Like he is at one time was like one of the ten richest guys in the world. Uh, Kevin Dickey later went on to be the head coach of the Saskatoon Blades and was, I, last time I heard, is he not an athletic? I think he's an athletic director out the Atlantic somewhere. Um, Acadia, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, at Acadia. There you go. All right. Well, now that we've bored everybody with the details about the superfluous information on all things university sport related, which I am prone to do occasionally on the show, uh, ex- explain to me what's like the, the Oilers and the Jets are an interesting matchup. I mean, the numbers are almost identical. You know, power play numbers, PK numbers, shots for, shots against, goals for, goals against. But right now the team's... I don't know. Like, I, I watched the two games against the Leafs and Paul Maurice yanks caller Hellebuck Edler after three goals against the first night, and then he sits Mark Shifley in the second game. Ken, what's going on there right now? 
Yeah, we got it definitely, Bob. There's an everything is happening uh, scenario unfolding for sure. You got a pissed off superstar. You got a goalie who didn't like being pulled, but. Uh, it's not necessarily about the words, it's about the actions that need to be happening from those players. Obviously, Hellbuck bounced back with a pretty solid effort, but uh, you know the spotlight will be shining brightly on Mark Schleifley here this evening, Bob. Uh, you know that he has not measured up to the two superstars on the Oilers' roster in this series so far, and I think we're going to see a highly motivated Mark Schleifley in this game tonight, and uh, it's, up to, up to, it's up to him to respond. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, your words are important, but it's your actions that ultimately... Uh, will determine uh, how this goes. Uh, we know that Dreisaitl and uh, and McDavid have dominated the Jets to the tune of 24 points in those seven games in the series so far that the Oilers are now up 5-2 to two on. So uh, Jets definitely looking for some answers here in this next two games uh, against Edmonton. It's interesting. Uh, we all love Adam Lowry. I mean, I think for a lot of the Oilers fans, they were hoping, wish you know, wishfully that uh, Lowry would go to free agency. Yeah. Or did. Great, great deal, by the way. Do you not agree? Like, great price oh, for it. Absolutely. Uh, there's definitely, he left some money on the table for the security and a situation where he knows how much he's valued. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I would imagine he would have uh, come in in that $4 million range if yep. he had gone to unrestricted free agency, especially, like you said, with teams like the Oilers, teams like the Flames. You know, any team that thinks their window is wide open, you want a third-line center like Adam Lowry to, to try to push a team over the top. And they'll definitely miss him in his next two games. He's day-to-day still uh, with that upper body injury. I don't expect to see him in either game with the Oilers, although okay. he did skate today with the uh, yellow non-contact jersey uh, for the first time, at least publicly, since the injury happened. Long-time Winnipeg-based media personality from Sportsnet, Ken Wee, Bob Stoffer with you at Oilers now. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, I mean, this it's funny, Oof. Ken, like two or three years ago, I was thinking that, you know, he's most likely to be the guy moved out of there. He completely elevated his level of the play here over the last 18 months. What, what, how important has this guy become to the Jets team? Yeah, he's been an essential, uh, you know, essential piece, Bob. He's grown into a, you know, underrated superstar. He really is. He's a play driver, uh, zone entry machine. He's a guy who draws a number of penalties against the opposition because of his blazing speed. Uh, he's really adopted a shooter's mentality the last couple of years. That's that's allowed his goal production to be on the rise. But uh, he's just the kind of he, he has blinding speed. I mean, he's a guy that pushes defensemen back, opens up opportunities for his line mates, uh, and has just become a critical component. Even though he plays on the second unit, he's tied for second on the Jets and power play points. One of the big reasons that the two units have been almost equal in terms of production if you take out the two five on three or the three five on three goals that have happened uh, with the Oilers and Jets, as you mentioned, you know, third and fourth in the NHL and power play. So it's a huge loss. And he plays with bite. He plays with fire. Uh, I think when he came into the NHL, he spent a little bit of time on the perimeter, which is natural. Um, you know, but he's really gone and you know done a great job of going to the you know the dangerous areas, the dirty areas and, and been around the net. But uh, it's a critical loss and Again, up to guys like Shifley to pick up the slack. And one thing for the Jets, Dubois, Pierre-Luc Dubois has really started to find his groove here the last couple of games. But, uh, you know, there'll be some impetus on him to, to increase his offensive production as well with Nikolai Ehlers being on the shelf for the remainder of the regular season. That was a blockbuster trade. How would you assess it so far? Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting for both sides. I don't think <laughs> either side expected to see what, what has been uh, transpiring, Bob. Uh, obviously, lining struggles have been well documented. Jack Rosevick doing a nice job in the production value, even though his consistency has been up and down. Uh, Dubois is the guy, kind of guy who's not going to necessarily be a point-of-game player right now, but uh, given what he went through with the you know public divorce and being traded for the first time in the 14-day quarantine, an injury that came two games into his time with Winnipeg, I think he's starting to settle in. He's a big, strong power forward uh, that probably 
probably can be at his best when the games matter most, and that's what we saw in the last couple of games against Toronto. Kind of some indications of the player that he was in the bubble last year when when Columbus knocked out the Maple Leafs, and and then gave Tampa Bay a pretty good run for their money as well. Uh, Kyle Connor. Three-time 30-goal score. Love him. By the way, I think Dylan Gunther, who is, uh, you know, consensus top five pick, he's a little bit bigger and a right shot, but a lot like Kyle Connor in terms of his ability to get the release off. Realistically, did the Jets get a little bit lucky? I mean, there are some teams that passed on him, Winnipeg getting him 17th overall in 2015. He's a hell of a player, Ken. Yeah, no doubt, Bob. We've talked about him a lot over the years. I mean, just an elite sniper. I mean, he, he leads the Jets in power play goals. And, again, if this was a full season, he would have been another 30-goal season in his in his stead as well. Uh, again, you know, once in a while he gets a little bit of knock, knocks uh, for the defensive zone player, board play. But, again, this guy is an elite finisher. Um, he's a guy who's a great skater, and I think his best hockey is still to come, even though he's already been a highly productive player for a long time here. Uh, you mentioned the fact, obviously, Ehlers is out. We're not expecting Lowry for the series, but two guys that have picked it up sort of in support roles are Andrew Kopp and Mason Appleton. Are they going to make things interesting, perhaps, for Kevin Sheveldayoff in terms of the expansion lift, uh, list for the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, no, that's a great question. We know that uh, the Jets made that side deal with Vegas in order to uh, you know, protect Toby Enstrom after his, he waived his no-movement clause. Uh, to me right now, Appleton would be the guy on the outside looking in. He's had a great year for sure, but Kopp has been such an important and integral piece. I mean, he's got 15 goals, I believe, and uh, you know over 30 points with a career high in both categories. A uh, guy that, you know, great third-line player, but can also play in the top six with regularity and, and often plays against the other team's best. It'll be interesting, Bob. Tonight, Shifley, between Appleton and Kopp, I think you're going to see that line see quite a bit of time against McDavid, but you'll also see Dubois with Wheeler and Connor against them as well. So, I mean, again, as you know, those guys play so much, especially five-on-five. It's tough for one team to have a shadowing line, but it'll be interesting to see if the Jets can do a better job against those two. There have been a couple games where they've done a nice job for about 55 minutes, but it's in those last five minutes that the the absolute domination has happened. So um, I think it's going to be a fantastic set, as you mentioned. I mean, the Jets have had trouble solving the riddle so far, and I think the the Oilers must be feeling good about themselves with the way the season series has gone. And as you know, Mike Smith has been a a critical component in the in the Oilers, especially in the last couple of games, have they they've rattled those four in a row off against Winnipeg? Uh, Ken, I gotta I gotta say it. Like I, I think our listeners know this. The Jets technically have the wealthiest owner in the National Hockey League. That said, they remain a remarkably financially prudent organization that seems to find value uh, in players, and no better illustration than the trade for Jacob Truba. I don't think anybody when when that deal went down, did anybody think Neil Pionk would turn out to be as valuable as he's become with Winnipeg? Yeah, no doubt, uh, Bob. I did speak to a few people outside the organization when the deal was made, and they gave him a pretty rave review. But again, I didn't think that he was going to uh, be the Jets' leading scorer in terms of power play points last season or or become such an important uh, piece of the top four so quickly. I mean, he's played shutdown minutes a lot, and, and that's been one of the great battles in this series as well. Pionk going up against McDavid has been has led to some you know fun moments for for folks on both sides of the equation. Uh, he's done a great job. There's no doubt about that. And he's certainly going to be uh, one of those RF that is headed for a massive raise, uh, much like Andrew Kopp heading into the offseason here where, where the Jets are going to have some decisions, as you mentioned, both in terms of expansion and, and where some of those other contracts go. I think that Pionk's probably going to be in that 5 to $6 million range oh, yeah. after playing for $3 million this year. I mean, uh, he was a top five point producer for a long time this year, and, and after getting bumped to the second unit of the power play, he'll be back on the top unit here this evening. 
They have a couple pending uh, UFAs on defense as well, including Derek Forbort. Uh, how much of this is a byproduct of playing with Pionk, of course? He played with Dowdy in Los Angeles. And I, I think we're seeing a movement to the sort of, the, not necessarily the tougher D, but the lankier bodies on defense yeah. that can, uh, you know, and, and I'm just wondering, do you think he's a guy that Chevy ends up looking at getting re-signed? Yeah, it's a great question, Bob. I think the issue, the only issue there is that the Jets have Billy Hanel and Dylan Sandberg, uh, probably their two of their top three prospects uh, with the Manitoba Moose here. Uh, I think they're going to have to make room for both those guys. And with the strides that Logan Stanley, the 2016 first rounder, has also made, I don't know that there will be room for Forbert. But I mean, again, I think there's always a possibility he could be back. But I think their expectation is that Dylan Sandberg would be able to slide into that role next year. But because of his similar skill set, and he might have a little bit more of the offensive part of his game as a big strong mobile guy there but yeah forward's been solid on that pairing for the majority of the season and uh, the jets are going to need those guys because as you know they're they're more of a by committee defense i mean both the jets and the oilers uh, are similar in that regard you know even though darnell nurse i think has been playing at a norris conversation level and tyson berry's done such a great job of bouncing back uh, both those groups kind of greater than the sum of their parts and um, I love the fact that the Oilers have really buckled down in terms of their defensive commitment, and, and that's something the Jets are going to have to really do if they want to, you know, win these head-to-head matchups, or you know, either one of these teams that have, happens to go on a run in the North. And uh, I think it's great because so so many of the clubs have so much pressure on them, Bob. Right? There's pressure yep. on all these teams oh, yeah. that are going to qualify in the North, and how they handle that weight of expectation is going to be fascinating to watch. Here. Uh you watched Dmitry Kulikov for three seasons in Winnipeg. Educate our listeners about him. Yeah, Bob, I think this is a great pickup, really astute pickup by Kenny Holland. Uh, and speaking to some folks who've been around the Devils, uh, he's had a great year. I mean, his defensive zone starts were near that 60% range, but he's a big and mobile kind of guy, makes simple plays. He plays with some, you know, a little bit of bite. There's a feistiness element to his game, uh, not afraid of those open ice hits, but a really efficient, smart player, uh, you know, good little puck mover area plays that he'll make. Again, won't get you a ton of offense, but I think he'll help with their breakout. And, and their exits, and I think he's a very good defender that you know can play in the top four if you need him to, but he's a really solid third-pairing kind of guy, and I really think that was one of the kind of un- unheralded moves at the deadline that I really think the Oilers have, have strengthened their back end with the addition of Kulikov. Now, again, it'll be the odd penalty that he takes, but yep. uh, I think it's a smart pickup. Ken, final one for you. Uh, one of the great experiences going in and broadcasting games in Winnipeg is they got great fans, knowledgeable fans. In fact, I remember in McLeod's rookie year, he went in there and on back-to-back shifts, you know, just transported the puck right up the middle of the ice. And you could see the, there was sort of a, a hush, like, who's that guy? That guy. But how much do you think the player, like, Winnipeg's one of the best places to broadcast a game from. How much do you think, uh, you know, how much do you miss the fans and how much do you think the players miss, you know, you know, the fans being such a central role in the experience for the players, um, you know, with the games. Yeah, no doubt, Bob. I think it's been a big piece for sure. I mean, we saw it in the bubble in Edmonton last year. I mean, there were so many great games that were played that you, you just miss that roar and that kind of crescendo in the building, and especially with, you know, the type of plays we've seen in the series between the two teams uh, and the kind of momentum swings. I think everyone misses that for sure. And home ice advantage doesn't really happening this year, even though, yes, teams get the last change. And again, of course, against the Oilers, teams are trying to get the matchups against the Stars. But yeah, I do think that uh, both players, fans, media members, I think we all miss it and uh, let's hope we can get this pandemic under control uh, to the point where there's fans coming back in in canada you know as early as next season let's hope so ken great stuff thank you for your time my pleasure bob thanks for having me enjoy the rest of the show and have a great game call here
All right, there you go. Former University of Regina Cougar Ken Weeb joining us on Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. We'll take a quick timeout. Uh, we will come back uh, with some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and get to your North Division report for Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Settle currently second in the NHL in scoring with 64 points. He's got 11 games left. As does Connor McDavid, who leads the way. 77 points. McDavid 13 points up on his teammate. Nate McKinnon, light dry settle. McDavid has 11 games left. He's got 59 points. Uh, Marner at 59 with eight games left. Matthews and Kane with 58 with eight games left. That's a look at your scoring traits. Obviously, Connor McDavid's going to win the scoring race. That's a given. And the only question is, will he get to 100 points. We are going to go to the North Division Report. It is brought to you Monday, Wednesday, Friday by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. And back at the 630 Chet Studios, big part of the show, Brendan Escott. Well, Toronto beat Winnipeg twice in a row to build an eight-point buffer atop the division, though the Jets do hold a game in hand. Winnipeg has actually dropped three straight and are only a point up on Edmonton, who hold two games in hand over the Jets. Montreal a lot less comfortable in the final playoff spot now, having lost two straight to Calgary the team that's chasing down that fourth seed. They are four back of the Habs, who do hold a game in hand there as well. Vancouver has 41 points and 41 games, and Ottawa rounds out the division, having won three of their last five. Brought to you by Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Finding your dream home, listing your old home. It all starts at soldtodayedmonton.ca. List it, sell it, move on. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than task when Brent Ridge Ford, 10-time presence award winner for customer satisfaction. And Brent Ridge Ford is open six days a week to serve you. They follow all COVID protocols to protect both customers and the staff. Uncle Milt says, hey, we're low on used vehicle inventory, which makes now a perfect time for you to sell. You can reach Brent Ridge Ford at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. I got yours truly and Cam Moon, the Mooner, hooked up. Cam will have the call of tonight's game. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins on the Oilers Radio Network. We'll have the uh, face-off show at 5.30 tonight, puck drop at 7 o'clock. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to be watching the Flames and the Canadians. What do you think, Brendan? Are are, are the Flames going to catch Montreal? Like, could you imagine if Montreal missed the play? Like, on paper at the start of the year, to me, the Canadians were right there with the Maple Leafs. I'm shocked they're in the position that they're in right now. What about you? Yeah, I have to agree with that because it looked like there were some of these younger offensive threats that were going to be able to continually produce. And that, to me, was really the difference in that franchise's struggles or not over the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. So it's kind of a shame to see that it's dropped off. I don't think they got the kind of goaltending that they expected over the course of the season, but uh, they do have that nasty uh, predisposition, so to speak. To, to succeed in the playoffs. So we'll see if that same thing gets them there in the first place. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to say the least. I think that uh, Montreal, and I know they've got, look, Carey Price has been hurt. That said, 
Carey Price has not been the same goaltender the last couple of years. He was good last year in the playing round, but he has not exactly been the Carey Price that he was for the majority of his career at the Montreal Canadiens. They don't have Brendan Gallagher. They got like a 4-10 winning percentage without Gallagher in the lineup. Uh, down Duran, they've had some cap issues. They haven't been able to get uh, Cole Caulfield activated. That's been uh, in a, you know, a bit of a challenge for them as well. So it's going to be really intriguing to see where uh, Montreal goes here and whether or not uh, they can hold off the Calgary Flames. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there right now, but if I was to open it up on the text line, my guess is the majority of the listeners to this show would prefer seeing uh, the Montreal Canadiens make the playoffs instead of the Calgary Flames. You know, for what it's worth. Uh, hey, uh, this text comes in saying, I'm sure you'd find this surprising, but in my hockey pool, I have Leon, and I'm going into the final two weeks against the guy that has Connor. So I guess those two guys are pretty good players. Well, okay. Well, congratulations. Uh, Bob, is Dustin Bufflin retired? Yes, he is. There you go. You can text us at any time at 780 Uh Brian S. says, Bob, you brought up guys with uh, mullets, and you sa- and John Shannon said, who remembers Brian Leaf? And uh, Brian S. says, the same guys who are going to forget Trevor Lawrence. Mac Jones all day, says Brian. Brian, I'm, I'm a big Alabama fan. I'd be taking Trevor Lawrence out of uh, over Mac Jones, just to set the record straight. And Eileen Bell, She's a big fan of Zach Wilson because he's from Brigham Young, and uh, that's Eileen's school. She's uh, That's where she graduated from. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen. Back with Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors and Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.